podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. Hello and welcome, lovely listeners, to the Anfield Index podcast. It's episode 234, and I'm quiz champion and problematic cusp of Gemini and Cancer, Trev Downey, podcasting to you from the funk realm here in a field in beautiful rural Ireland, and I'm joined, and you'll see your team emerging here, by the bulgy and carefree pair of Sagittarians that are Carl Kopak and Cam Branch, while in the background, Aries head, and therefore the archetype of raw masculinity, is Guy Drinkle. Now, the reason that I've framed my introduction like that is because we've had a chat going on in the background and it's sort of raised its head on the show several times in the past with Mr. Kopak getting very antsy about people taking astrology seriously, um, astronomer um, that he is. He's got a certificate, you know. And so I thought I just, by way of sort of, um, oh, maybe uh, pulling it up to him a little bit, I thought I'd just throw a few quotes that I came across from some famous people of the past. And the first of them is Hippocrates, you know, that Greek physician, um, considered one of the most outstanding figures in the history of medicine. Just, just that Hippocrates, the Hippocratic oath, unless I'm mistaken, comes from said gentleman. He says, a physician without knowledge of astrology has no right to call himself a physician, which is interesting. Then Juvenal, just for the more culturally inclined, Roman poet um, from the uh, late 1st, early 2nd century AD, uh, he wrote the satires, I believe. And he said, astrology reveals the will of the gods. And so you say, okay, Juvenal, you know, different times. We come forward to another poet and writer of the 20th century, well, late 19th century, D.H. Lawrence, who said, we need not feel ashamed of flirting with the Zodiac. The Zodiac is well worth flirting with. Now, there are other quotes from people like Alistair Crowley, who has, you know, a reputation as a bit of a dastardly occultist. Um, J.P. Morgan, who, of course, is another dastardly occultist and Robert Barron and great financial figure of the uh, of the capitalism era. But I want to finish with Carl Jung. Uh, Mr. Kalbach, who was, of course, a Swiss psychiatrist, psychoanalyst, founded basically analytical psychology. But Jung's also influenced like areas like anthropology, literature, philosophy. He's one of the great thinkers of modern times. And he says this, we are born at a given moment in a given place. And like vintage years of wine, we have the qualities of the year and the season of which we are born. Astrology does not lay claim to anything more. Now, that's quite a lot of famous heads there saying stuff, Carl, about astrology and seem to take it very seriously as a sort of a, a framework. Um, I'm looking forward to you busting that myth. Sorry, there's a brief gap there when I'm burning books in the background. <laughs> Have I disillusioned you? <laughs> Sweet gee. I love Carl Jung. There's a statue of him in Liverpool on Matthew Street as well. <coughs> and uh, yeah, they're, they're all wrong, Trev. <laughs> that's, that's, that's what I'm going to go with this, and, right. and the reason for it is this: it, it, for a start, oh god, geez, I don't know where to start. Honestly, there's so many things I could say. 
Well, let's go with this. So you told me your star sign was what before? Did you say Gemini? I said I was on the cusp of Gemini and Cancer, the 21st of June. So do, it depends do, what magazine you read. Do you know, there, there's your problem straight away. Mm. Do you know why you will be a Gemini? Do you know what makes you a Gemini? In terms of the characteristics normally associated with them? No, because that's bollocks. Um, in terms of why, why, <laughs> why, if you're born on that day, you're a Gemini rather than a Leo or a Virgo or something. Oh, but do I know the nature of why it's a Gemini? Why that why, word? Why you? So... Yeah, why that would happen? Well, I do now because you told me earlier. It's basically because the sun, if the the sun is in the uh, the constellation of Gemini, so the sun goes through twelve uh, signs of the zodiac, from Capricorn down to Sagittarius, and um, throughout the year. So, in theory, on uh, on your birthday, um, the sun was in Gemini in the constellation of Gemini. That's what would make you a Gemini. Yeah, yeah, and 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 you're, what you're saying is these people who have a uh, belief system based around uh, attributes and personality attributes to go with that. It's 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 attack on afterwards and uh, is bollocks. Is basically what you're saying. I'm gonna go further. Oh dear. So I'm gonna use Cam as an example actually because you're you're really <laughs> good for this. So I know Cam's birthday. Yeah. Cam, Cam, um, which I'm not gonna reveal obviously for the GDPR reasons. Um, <laughs> Hey, I've uh, just done mine. Uh, <laughs> well, no, you said what you I didn't say your birthday was. I did. Um, well, anyway. <laughs> Cam, Cam is Sagittarius, Cam? I am, yeah. Because I know your birthday. And so reason, the reason Cam was born, um, I mean, 28 years ago, um, the sun was in <laughs> uh, the constellation of Sagittarius, which is a very, very large constellation. That's correct, yeah? That's how that would work. I see. Yeah. No, I it see. wouldn't. Except there's one slight problem with that. The Go sun on. wasn't in Sagittarius. The sun isn't in Sagittarius on that date. And the reason for this is because it would have been once when these things were drawn up. But because of something called precession, precession ah, is when the, precession, the, earth, yes. the earth wobbles on its axis. Mm-hmm. So if you think, if you're, um, uh, for example, our, our legendary producer, Guy, he is equally annoying because if Guy thinks he's in Aries, and he actually is in Aries because the sun was in Aries on the day he was born mm. or, on the, or on, on his birthday. Myself and Mr. Branch don't have that. Cam, your star sign is Ophiuchus. The sun is in the constellation of Ophiuchus between Scorpio and Sagittarius from November the 29th to the 17th of December. And of course, you're going to say, but that's not a zodiacal constellation. That's because it isn't 12, there's 13. There's actually, every now and then, a planet can go into um, the constellation of Cetus, the whale, as well. I've got... um, uh, I'm a Scorpio. Well, I'm on the, the cusp, if that's the horrible term you want to use. So my birthday falls between the 29th, 23rd of, I must not tell you, um, the 23rd of November and then 29th is Scorpio. So it's only in Scorpio for six days, of which my birthday is one of them. So I'm supposed to be a Sagittarius. I've always been told I'm Sagittarius by people who believe these things, but I'm not. I'm a Scorpio. It's nonsense, honestly. And if anyone it- wants to get in touch with us on Twitter, uh, to find out what their actual star sign is, then feel free. I but love I it. So say, basically what, what you're offering to do is astronomy charts for people as opposed to astrology charts. You're going to tell them their actual correct star sign. Do it on do it on Instagram. It's easier, it's easier to do it. Do it on Instagram. Yeah, do it on Instagram. But the reason why I find it so funny is I said this on Facebook about two years ago, and someone said, I said, well, you know, you're not Gemini, you're Cancer. And, and they said, oh, no, 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 no. 
because I've got the traits of a Gemini. <laughs> yeah, but you, well, you, you see, here's the thing. So many, so many clever people over the years have bought into this hook, line, and sinker. I read an essay very do you know recently. What they, do you know what they've got in common? What's that? They're all wrong. There you go. <laughs> I'm not even going to try and convince you anymore. No. <laughs> That's actual science. The thing about it is that your behavior is altered by the position of a star that you don't know in a sky, which is all relative anyway, because the constellations are are just line of sight effects. They're not related. Yeah. And someone's going to say, yeah, but what about the Pleiades? And they're going to be right. And I'm going to be annoyed with them. Yeah. Can I I give you the example of, um, you know, my behavior is affected by uh, several stars running around the pitch in Liverpool. So, That's I mean, good. Oh, yeah. hey, what a segue that is. That yeah. is superb. Yeah, I'm happy with that one. Uh, so, look, it, it, Cam, I mean, you don't feel free not to get involved in this uh, this particular um, no, no, topic. I'll, I'll, I'll give my two pennies, two pence worth. Um, firstly, I'm really disappointed you didn't quote Russell Grant in any way. <laughs> <laughs> I feel you've really let yourself down. There, you you could have gone really, to the doyen there. The you're, right, you're right, you're right. I missed the great one. Yeah, so uh, for those who don't know who Russell Grant is, uh, uh, just look out on uh, Insta. It'll be on there later. Ask your granddad. Yeah, and uh, secondly, so 8.5% of the population of the world, because if you do 100% divided by 12, as there's 12 star signs, is Mm -hmm. 8.5. Yeah, see, I I did my maths well. Um, That is literally taking them a week, listeners. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> <laughs> and the rest um, so uh, so people are trying to tell me that 8.5% of the population are having exactly the same day according to one person who's written something on a piece of paper yeah and also yeah, the, the real um, I hate to even use the term so for example Scorpio is a six day constellation when the sun's in it um, whereas Virgo is um Six weeks, because it's about the size of the constellation as well and the path it takes. So it's they're, it's they're not all level; they're not all exactly a month anyway, because they can't be. I think we have slandered um, poor yeah. Russell enough. Uh, um, and, I'm and happy to Ill. slander others. I know, I know. <laughs> <laughs> I do know that. <laughs> uh, look, by the way, just one thing I want to get out of the way before we start. And again, there's a sort of a segue here. You may remember, listeners, keen observers that you are, that at one point, young Kopak decided it'd be a good idea to enter us into some sort of an award. I can't even remember what it was for, pod awards of some sort or other. And we all went, oh, yeah, okay, yeah. And I think maybe you did one tweet about it each and then totally fucking forgot because we are <laughs> shit at self-promotion. We are so shit at self-promotion and i only remembered it because i have been off social media and when i came back i saw an absolute deluge of tweets from various outlets including um our mutual mates over there in your neck of the woods carl um saying you know don't forget to throw some out vote and at this point i honestly think <laughs> go vote for someone else because we fucked this campaign <laughs> into a cocktail so thanks for your thoughts but uh we 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 really really did this badly and it is I'm, I'm, I'm not actually sure you could call it a campaign well, it, was, <laughs> it, it was it was the most short-lived you know tally-ho over the top and we got taken out by the tommy guns immediately um and it was you know it was it was a valiant effort for all of um seven eight hours and then we just forgot well, it's a better it's a better campaign than some political parties are doing in the eu elections right now oh, satire, satire 
Very nice. Biting. Right. Biting satire. Is mm. that you, Mr. Elton? Um, so <laughs> here, here's what I want to do. I want to talk about the awards season because, uh, by contrast, <laughs> Liverpool are actually very good at awards and our players are very good at awards. And, you know, we have this thing. Oh, I need to do my, I, I need to do my quote, which leads into this, actually. Oh, do you have a quote this week? Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And it will lead nicely into where, where you're going, actually. Oh, so do I. Yeah. yeah. Carl, you do yours first, then. Yeah, I'll do mine, because mine is literally two lines. Um, and it, it's, it's this. I don't believe it. That is why you fail. Thank you. Uh, please, t- please tell me you know what that is. It's one of the most it, famous lines it, in the most famous films ever. Is it, is it some lad who was saying, and that they didn't believe in astronomy? And you then <laughs> saying to them, well, that's why you fail. Is it, is it well, like. No, if that would be. I don't believe it. And you're quite right not to, because it's all bunkum. That would be, that would be my version. No, of no, 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 you fucked that, mate. I said astronomy. Oh, astro- astronomy. Yeah. Uh, What's it from? What's it from? Well, I'll give you a clue. It's a, it's a man sitting next to a 900-year-old Jedi master. Oh, okay. Well, that kind of rules me out, because I'm a bit shit on Star Wars. Yeah, no, it's, same, the yeah. it's the Empire Strikes Back. Ah, okay. okay. Oh, okay. Well, it's it's okay. when um, Yoda lifts out the spaceship from the swamp. It's not Space Jam, Grinkle, for God's sake. Um, <laughs> he loves Space Jam, doesn't he? Space Jam's coming in here sometimes. He lives there by the power of his own thoughts, and Luke says, I don't believe it, it's just a that is why you fail. Is that the whole do or do not speech? Is that in that one? There is no. It's, tr- it's the same sort of scene. Yeah, okay, okay. Uh, right, uh, what about your quote, Cam? Okay, um, here we go. Liverpool FC statement. Liverpool Football Club would like to put on record our regret over recent media speculation regarding Southampton Football Club and player transfer between the two clubs. We apologise to the owner, board of directors and band of Southampton for any misunderstanding regarding Virgil van Dijk. We respect Southampton's position and confirm, and sorry, and can confirm we have ended any interest in the player. Oh man, that's lovely. <laughs> that is lovely. Oh, everyone talks shit in football, don't they? Everyone. It's amazing. Yeah. We do, it's we amazing. do it for an hour every week, don't we? We do, we do. Yeah, yeah, we've we've made a habit of it. That's, that's, that is lovely, and you're right, it's a lovely segue into it, because we do now have back-to-back PFA Player of the Year awards um, for Virgil, and before that for Mo, and it was interesting on last week's show, listening back to it, um, as I always do for quality control, and listening to Carl saying, I didn't even know uh, that Mo had won it last year, and I'd honestly forgotten as well because that type of thing is of very little interest. What is happening in the background? Oh, sorry, that was me. Jesus, man, what are you at a trough or something? Sorry, that was, I was drinking. <laughs> I've just done a black box last week, God's sake. Christ, the life. You, you, you're that. on the Dr. Pepper call. Uh, no, I'm on Corton's apple and ginger. What? Where? How? That's hmm. oh, new healthy me. I'm like a grow bag these days. I'm just water. So we've we, got to go one better. Will we do your little sub story about not being able to drink uh, Dr. Pepper anymore, Cam, just to get that out of the way? Because you're going to start crying about it at some point. <laughs> I'm fine. I can live with it. No. Don't worry. Okay. Okay. As I was saying before, um, the farmyard noises started. Uh, <laughs> there was, there, we, are, we have two lads. 
who have you know won claimed that award back to back. Now, all that means to me, I'll be honest, is that we have lads who are playing well and the clubs at the top of uh, the game again. That's all it represents because the last time that happened, lads, was Kenny and Rushy back to back. They were good days and. I think this is a theme we're going to come back to quite a bit over the course of this podcast. The whole idea of like, well, if we don't win anything, will it be awful? Will you, you know, curl into a ball and stop following the club? Which, I mean, they're all at it again. We'll come back to that later on. But that makes it now, I think, eight lads in total who've won the, um, the award, uh, as Liverpool players. And you look at those collection, that, that collection of individuals. Holy shit. It's incredible. Um, a little bit of reaction on, and again, you, we need we needn't labour the point that you know the individual awards don't mean much. All that I kind of get it, but the positivity that you might see surrounding it, if any, um, Cam, I'll start with you on this because I was watching the lads, uh, Sadio and the two boys, uh, Trent and and Robbo and Virgil on some sort of a platform with a, a camera swiveling around them and confetti <laughs> going left, right, and centre, and you're kind of so, they all have they all have to pull a little face like they do a kick launches these days and pretend to be celebrating and they're all actually terrifyingly good at it i don't know if you noticed that in the kit launch stuff where they say right now you have to celebrate and that the, especially where henderson had to be shouting and roaring he was actually terrifyingly good at it. a lot of these guys would be good actors but like it's all a bit cringy cam but at the same time you have to let yourself enjoy this a little bit i suppose in terms of what it means about the status of the club is there any, anything to that um, I think with the, the awards that were presented last night and not the, the Football Writers Awards, I think the players appreciate that more because it was the nomination of other players. And, you know, it's their fellow professionals, so they feel a sense of pride more with that. As fans, yes, we can get choice about it, but ultimately it doesn't affect anything in the in the grand scheme of anything. So, um, you know, but for, for a player to be recognised by his peers, I think, you know, I think that's, that's nice. And, you know, that, that's where the, the satisfaction for the players is who, who gets any of these awards. So. And, and just about that thing about, you know, it, it is, isn't it, at least an indication that the club are doing the business that we have lads who are getting awards like that is indicative surely of a little bit of a rising status which has occurred under Klopp it's undeniable we're back in the top echelon of the game probably a little bit ahead of anyone's reasonable uh, standard or, or, or schedule I mean that's a big deal isn't it yeah it is but then I think the league table and being in the Champions League semi-finals is a better indicator of that rather than individual players being recognised for playing well. That's um, that's delightfully curmudgeonly, and I'd expect nothing less from you, sir, fair play to you. Uh, what about your, 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 your take on the whole awards thing, uh, Carl? We can go sideways out of this into a little thing that um, Cam brought up there, the football writers won, and the fact that Raheem Sterling won that, if you want. Uh, just general thoughts around the whole deal. It's it, it, the only thing that about it, which I think is quite negative, is the fact that the the big man was overlooked, and it's very easy to look at Van Dijk and Sterling, but there's a bigger presence there who really should have been on that stage, and that's Divock Origi, because he scored the goal this year that made me celebrate more than any other other goals. Mm. It's a good but point you make. He should just be getting his own award, the Div Award. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Where is that? 
No, I mean, it, it, it comes right. It doesn't mean it does anything for us at all. I mean, I, I'm not walking around with a T-shirt on saying, ooh, we've won the player video. That's it. It's not, but if it makes Virgil feel good, then that's a good thing. And, and again, comes right. And I've said that twice now, and that's really annoyed me. But um, <laughs> it's, it's the fact that the players have gone, yeah, you're good. You know, not, not fans, not writers, not commentators, not pundits. The, the player have gone, I've been on the pitch with that man, and that man is good. <laughs> And, and that's the big thing. Well, let me let me let me just zone in on this a little bit because myself and Gags did a pre um, pod, a pre match pod um, for Pro there just on Friday or Thursday, and I can't remember when the hell it was. And uh, we were talking about you know the, the, the it was looking like Virgil had to nail the um, the the PFA and. What Gag said was an interesting point. He said, "Look, I'm going to be really interested to see who, who the writers get because the writers are sitting in in um okay footballers. We know the point the guys was making. It was a good point. Was that footballers are, are watching highlights packages? They're playing against these guys. They play against them once a season. They watch highlights packages. They hear their fellow pros talking. There can be an awful lot of perception and maybe not a huge amount of um um uh, analytical stuff. Writers are sitting in possession of all this, all these facts and." and figures all this information it would make sense that virgil would be more of a shoe-in for the writer's award based on the various metrics uh, as well as obvious impression and impact on the team and yet that, that award has gone to, to raheem sterling and again like we're not particularly arsed one way or the other who gets what but it is an interesting one isn't it yeah i think there's definitely a difference between the two outlooks um, I, I'd always, if, if I was a player, um, I would always want the um, the players one. But yeah, I mean, I, again, it doesn't make really much of a difference because it's not as if Raheem Sterling's shit. So you know, it's, he's pretty good. Um, so yeah, it, it's just a, the way the outlooks are. Really, it's just a different thing altogether. And, and normally, you win two, don't you? Together, who won it last year? Did Mo win both? I honestly have no clue. That, that's, I mean, why, I, that, that's why people listen to us, Travis, because we've got our finger on the pulse of modern <laughs> football. I think I think anyone who's listening to us still and has retained loyalty is they listen to us precisely because I haven't got a clue because that kind of well, shit doesn't matter doesn't typical, matter typical Gemini, but um, <laughs> <laughs> and that's my point. That right there is my point. Uh, you'll have to explain that further because it sounds like you contradicted yourself. Because <laughs> there might be all the Gemini's who know who would have won it last year. That's why. Oh, let's see. I see. Nonsense, yeah. in other words. Yeah, so again, it doesn't, really, it doesn't really matter at all. When I saw the news, I, I literally went, oh. Um, but, you know, it's, it's nice for the club. And, you know, it, more importantly, it does show what the manager's done in bringing people on. Um, Ricky Lambert never won one. I'm not having a go, I'm not having a go with Ricky Lambert. I'm not having a go with Brendan Rodgers before I get the hate mail. But um, I'll save that till next week. But, um, yeah, it, it's, it's a sign of where we are on the stage. And it's not a patronising one. Like, remember when George Burley won the Manager of the Year because he kept Lipswich up? Yeah. And and, and poor Gerard Houllier just managed, just won three trophies, nothing too big, and they gave it to, to George Burley. Yeah, I mean, that was, that 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 just made a joke of the whole system. Um, Relegated the next year at yeah, Anfield. Thanks, did, George. I'll tell you what I think on uh, the Raheem Sterling one and Go the on. writers. I think there's an element of guilt with the writers. And the reason I say that is, if you look at Raheem Sterling this season with last season, there's not much difference in goals and assists. But his his play has been phenomenal. There's no doubt about it this year. He has been I, I'm, I'm a, made a, up a when class he substituted. Act. I'm absolutely made up when he substituted. 
So, yeah, um, yeah. yeah, but but yeah. So what I was what I was getting at is, um, yeah, the only real difference in that he had the World Cup last year, and he was treated abysmally by the yeah. press, and he has been for a while now. And I think there's a, and I think there's an element of guilt within the press now that they need to try and turn this around somehow. I'm not saying that's the only reason he won it, but I think it's had a huge part to play in it. And that's one of the reasons he's won it. But, you know, he, you can't deny the fact that he has had a wonderful season. And if he deserves the award and they feel he deserves the award, that's fine. Mm. But again, does it affect us in the long run? Not in the slightest. Whether, whether it's their guilt or not, uh, what, what, it, what bugs me is the absolute two-facedness of, of most of that lot who have spun about and they had made the lad's life intolerable. And then they turn, around. they turn around because it suits an agenda one week and they, and they, 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 uh, they lionize him. Um, um, and he was the same lad, you know, he was the yeah. same lad. He was, he was, you know, uh, a fella who was capable of articulating himself and tried to do the right things and living a solid life. And it's, 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 it's nonsense. Do stuff. right by his family. Yeah. It's not just like stuff. every other football. Well, well, most of the footballers. Most of the footballers, yeah. I've got, I've got a lot of time for him still. I just think, I just think he's a nice lad. I think he's carried and, himself. And, and, really I don't, well. and he, he, people say like, you know, yeah, by the way he left and stuff like that. Did you see what he left? Well, engage with. I think so bad. Engage with the comments there then about uh, 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 the 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 the, the hurt reaction of so many of our lot to what he said, uh, referring to him as a snake and a rat and whatever other choice. Uh, uh, sort of, um, epithets you like, uh, in relation to what he said when he was interviewed, you know, about, you know, not wanting Liverpool and nobody wants Liverpool, um, you know, um, coming after you or getting that, you know, them basically nobody wants to see us winning it or whatever way people interpret it. Again, I've been delightfully absent because, uh, life has been a bastard in terms of, um, busyness, uh, in terms of duty, in terms of family stuff. And every time I tune in these days, somebody's losing their run of themselves, having a bit big cry about stuff that I don't really see the significance of. Can you explain to me why people were so bent out of shape about what, what Sterling said? Did I miss some deep aspect of it? He, he was asked a question. He said it in the throwaway. Oh, yeah, but nobody wants to win them. No one wants them to win it. And to be honest, that's what I'd want our lads to think. I'd want us to think that the people are on our side. Um, it's nothing, honestly. It's, I mean, if you, there's things in this world to get het up about. That really isn't one of them. And yeah. I say that because he was born on the 8th of December, which makes him <laughs> a fellow off of of me and Cam. Oh, gosh. <laughs> yeah, yeah. See, so you, you obviously share personality traits. Um, Do you know he's the that... same age as Mr. Drinkle? Is he? Uh-huh. It will take know. a few months. Yeah, oh, a few months, innit, yeah. That well, that means a guy will uh, qualify for the Young Podcaster of the Year award at the end. Now of the we're talking. Now the campaign now this begins. is it. This is where the show should be going. So I think for me, uh, get your get behind Guy Drinkle for Young Podcaster of the Year. This That's is why we've not been advertised. We're waiting for the launch. This is the this is the campaign right here. Right here. I, the, I want to see him on a stage in a tuxedo holding up a dragon or something. In a tuxedo with a Velocipaster t-shirt underneath it. Absolutely. Oh, uh, definitely. And, a, and, a, and a, a Toby Carvery in a nice little uh, Tupperware box, just in case. Uh, Bit of extra those, gravy on the side. Love just, it. you know, let's get that right. 
Um, great. Yeah. He should be dripping down his chin. Ah, could be lovely. Perfect. Come on, come on. Yes. Details. What? Yeah. Uh, well, and, and Dr. Pepper flowing. Fortunately, Cam, you won't be able to partake. Yeah, thanks, Trev. <laughs> I was trying to avoid that. <laughs> <laughs> Remind me, why don't you? <laughs> let's get to the. Let's get to another specific football um, thing that's ahead of us, which is only the Champions League semi-final after all, a two-legged affair against Barcelona. Um, up the Reds. We saw um, the return the of Reds. of Oxlade Chamberlain. We saw Shaq getting a bit of pitch time and doing bits. Very exciting to see both of those back and looking like they might be able to contribute something in a in a short period of time in a game between now and the end of the year. I don't think that's too much of a stretch. I think the I think the Oxlade Chamberlain cameo suggested that he might well be able for a, a good solid 10 or 15 if needed. Uh, we know that Shakiri um, had some sort of minor injury issues or something like that, but he looked very much on it when he came on. To me, that was the most encouraging thing about our 5-0 win at the weekend was seeing those two boys uh, fit to contribute, especially in a situation where you think about this time last year, Carl, and you think about how bare bones, to use the Harry Redknappism, we were coming into a, an actual final. Uh, fellas dropping like flies, and then on the day itself, um, the main the main man goes down, and uh, we have no one, we have nothing uh, on the bench. So that is heartening in and of itself, isn't it? So the big, most heartening thing about that whole game for me was the um, the laughy ad when he missed. Oh, he, brilliant! He, he turned brilliant. around to Trent and just laughed and just sort of Jesus, much as that got him. That, yeah. that that was just lovely. There was no like you know thumping the ground in frustration or anything like that. No, he's having a giggle. Yeah, yeah. That was. Just, I mean, the, the last the last fifteen minutes of the game with that, where where Mo, Mo, Mo and um, and Sadio were basically trying to score each other's goals. Yeah, as well. That, I mean, that was just really funny. I mean, yeah. And that's that that again. That just shows just how far we've come. Football's been a laugh again. The last time it was like that, I can remember was anyone who was at the Newcastle game three nil, and when Kenny came back. Um, for the for the end half of that of 2010-11, when the whole game was just a laugh, and that's that's how that game felt to me, the Huddersfield game, and it just shows that um, the spirit's good. We're not going to Barcelona asking to be just let off with a with a with a minor two 0 win, uh, defeat or or anything like that. It just shows like you know, Liverpool are here, lads, and we're, we're enjoying it. It's a laugh. I love, I love the, the, the juxtaposition there of the fact that we're having a laugh. And yet this is the scariest we've ever been as opposition to be faced. Um, and I think you're dead right. That's a, that's a lovely, that's a lovely one to, to compare it to because there was this feeling of relief and that when Kenny was back and the, 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 there was a feeling of a new era starting and yeah. something, something good and just a bit of joy around the place. And that's everywhere now. And it's, it is huge again to the manager and just on that cam as well. Well, I mean, uh, your takeaway from you know, look, it's, there's no point in in in, in deep analysis of of the, of the moves or anything like that. It, it was a five nil win. It, you know, I saw some po faced individuals afterwards saying, you know, Carl was talking about the lads, you know, taking on shots they possibly shouldn't have when they could have played fellas in. And I saw several dour in types saying afterwards, you know, we could have been two or three more up on the goal difference. And I just said. Okay, you you're not getting this at all. You you are literally not getting any of this. None of this is fun for you. Um, it must be a horrible place to be. And it's I'm not saying that in a preachy way. I honestly feel empathy for people like that who can't enjoy it because, like Carl, I was having the crack on Friday. 
how many teams have beaten uh, Huddersfield 5-0 this season? Just, just out of curiosity. I don't think it's been that many, really. Yeah, they've lost pretty much every single game. But I don't remember every week them losing 5-0, 6-0, 7-0, 8-0, anything like that. They certainly haven't conceded in 14 seconds before. <laughs> no, they certainly haven't. So, yeah, I mean, in, enjoy what's happening on the football pitch. Enjoy five goals. How often do you go to a football match and your team scores five goals? It's not the 1963-64 season where we scored five goals or more six times that season. <laughs> Trev, as you, as you got more. <laughs> that was my question. I got it right. Yeah. <laughs> so, um, yeah, embrace it, enjoy it, live it, breathe it. What more do you want? You know, I mean, it's like you said, if the players can have fun, why can't we have fun watching it? And you know, you know, the strange thing was, it was one of those games where normally if a goal goes in, I go batshit crazy. I've never been so, yeah, I enjoyed that. Just enjoyed it because it's, there, there, it was like there was no pressure in this game. Yeah, they, they had a 10 minute spell, Huddersfield and, you know, they could have had a couple, you know, better shots. Yeah, but we were already one up during that spell. We were one up, yeah, yeah. Minutes. yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, but, you know, they, they were, they came at us and we, we were a little bit rocky. You know, the midfield yeah, we was were. a little bit all over the place. You know, the defense was. Couldn't, couldn't play the ball. Yeah, we couldn't, couldn't do anything with it. We couldn't even pass the ball. You know, no. we had no control whatsoever. Then as soon as we got our heads together, we just played and I just chilled and I relaxed and I just sat there and I enjoyed the game. And the kids came down in the morning and said, what was the score? And I said, oh, and they go, how many did you score, Dad? How many did they score? And that's the question the kids were asking me now. How many did they score? I said, oh, they scored five. Did they? We didn't hear you five times jumping around, making a... Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> because that's what it is. Yeah. You know, yeah. it was just one of those games where you could actually, it felt like once that, obviously the first goal had gone in, 10 minutes gone, there was no pressure on that game for us. No pressure whatsoever. And it was a game of football, considering it's squeaky bum time. That was a game of football I could actually sit there and enjoy because of the football without the pressure of, you know, it almost like when we, when we played uh, in the champ- last round of the Champions League. Yeah, there was that. It was a different, different. You know, I was lucky enough to be at the game at the stadium, and it's a different atmosphere compared to when we played Tottenham the, uh, earlier. You know, the weekend of that of that week. You know, and it's just like that's what it felt like on Friday. Would, it, would you feel like that? I like Wednesday Friday night football, and I'm looking forward to Saturday night football because I think nighttime games at Anfield are the best thing. But okay, I mean, so I, I, obviously, I know the Saturdays at St James Park, but you know what I mean. Yeah. Would you feel the same way on Wednesday? Nice and relaxed and debonair from institutions? Yeah, yeah, of course. Of course. Yeah, yeah. I'll, 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 have, my, I'll have my smoking pipe, my slippers, my gown on, uh, my cravat, you know. I'm going for works. Range is the very definition of insouciance, Carl, as you well know. Yeah. And, and, and here's the thing, right? Uh, just to, to come sideways out of that into a specific football issue, uh, my, th- my take on why we were that in, in that spell a little bit all over the place, I, I think it came down to two personnel issues. One was um, the fact that we didn't have that screening presence of, of Fabinho, and the other was that we didn't have the first line of defence, which is Bobby Firmino running around like a maniac. Yeah. Um, and I think those two things really factored into that. Now, there is a suggestion 
um because the the rumor mill was going like a, a maniac i saw some dopes invented a, a story about a mosal injury and then said it's probably fine though and got all the clicks they needed for playton but the bobby Firmino one is quite a real situation where he has a muscle tear they've been specific about it which is unusual for liverpool carl uh, and you know you, you just to, to to ease into a little bit of a glance forward at the champions league semi-final against barcelona for fuck's That's sake european cup sorry well, it's, the Europe, it's the European Cup semi-final. It's always been the European Cup for us all arses, but there's a, the majority of our, of our listeners are far too young for that. Uh, anyway, the point I'm making is, as we look forward to that, there is a very real possibility we may not have um, um, Roberto Firmino. Um, uh, and, and that could be that could be an issue. What's, what's, what are your thoughts as we uh, look forward to Wednesday night? It's a worry because... You you need him. You need him for his work as much as his you know his creativity up front. You you need him because he he, he will he will not give PK a second you know a, a second rest. Um, I re- I, re- I reckon he'll be all right to be honest. I, I think, think he's Bobby be will okay. be on buskets. Bobby will be on buskets more. Yeah, he might, he might drop deeper. Yeah. yeah, yeah, he might drop deeper. Yeah, at a three. But um, so you both reckon he plays despite the stories. Mm, well. I, I think it's a bit of a coincidence that we played the weakest team in the league the week before we go to Barcelona. Yeah. Um, I, whether he plays, well, I don't know if he's going to play or not, but if he doesn't play, I would uh, go with a diamond in the midfield and put Naby at the top and then put Naby on top of Busquets and that will, I think that will give uh, Barcelona nightmares. Do you think Naby that- is another pressing machine. Do you think there's any any reason to believe that Jurgen will differentiate, um, or sorry, will the, uh, the, go move away from his uh, trusted um, four three three because Bobby Firmino's out? I mean, played, we don't have. He, played, he, he he changed the system for Cardiff. He played what? he played a diamond at Car- Cardiff. He he actually said it in the interview. That, uh, and if you notice, Bobby was playing a lot deeper against Cardiff. Mm. So, which, he, which he does every now and then, doesn't he? He does I mean, every now and then. So, yeah. um, to to like I say, Bobby is going to press Busquets. Busquets is the is the man who controls the game for Barcelona in in the, in the way that he moves the ball around, shields the defense. Obviously, he's like obviously what uh, Bino does for us. So, you need somebody on top of him, but you need somebody on top of him. Who, who knows what they're doing when they get there as well? Yeah. There's no point just saying, "Oh, go and stick uh, Jordan Henderson on him." Jordan Henderson will not be able to press Busquets. Busquets no. will just run rings around Jordan Henderson because that's not what Jordan Henderson is good at. So you, there's two players in our team who who can do that. One is Bobby Firmino, as we all well know. The other is Naby Keita. He is our, a pressing machine, and I think that might actually work in our favour because. At the end of the day, we need, we're going to need Bobby right now. As much, as important as the game is on, on Wednesday night, I think we can cope without Bobby just for that one game. And I'd rather see Bobby back for the Newcastle game. I don't want to risk Bobby for the next three or four games. If he has got a slight tear and he's not 100%, I don't want him risked. I don't want him out for the rest of the season then because he aggravates that tear more. Yeah, yeah, I think it's fair enough. And what about this um, way of, of, of the, the game is being frayed, framed, um, which is understandable, really, because the big story in terms of um, individual achievement so far 
uh, for Liverpool is Mr. Van Dijk, and uh, you'd have to be a, a sort of a, a deliberately obtuse individual to fail to acknowledge the incredible impact he's had on the team. Um, still, I think to this day, hasn't been run past, and yet here we go with the man who likes to run past people, um, the greatest player that most of us will have seen um, on a consistent basis. Um, I, um, you know, um, to Vakarigi. Yeah, well, there there are arguments to be made in my head, in the back of my um, little brain for fellows like Maradona, for my own personal hero like Kenny, people like that. But I've never seen anyone so consistently brilliant for so long as uh, as 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 um, Lionel Messi, and he's in ridiculous form, top scorer. His team have nailed the league down, so they've got nothing to worry about now except this campaign. Um, it is quite an awesome. Uh, opposition uh, to be fronted up to, Carl. And you suggested earlier on that we wouldn't necessarily we'd have a different attitude going into this, that we're going there thinking that we can do the things uh, regardless of whether we're, we're carrying an injury to Bobby Firmino. Um, is, is is that an accurate portrayal of how you're thinking about this game or are you a little bit more um, cautious than, than maybe that suggests? I'm pretty cautious, to be honest. Um, I, I we can't go all, all, all guns blazing out there. I think we keep it tight and keep it nil-nil. I think that's going to be the plan. If we get a goal, we get a goal, and it's going to be amazing. I think it's all all hands to the pub for this one because he, he is the greatest player I've ever seen. And the lad he plays next to him is pretty decent as well. Um, but I think he can be stopped because I think it's very interesting what United did with him at Old Trafford. They whacked him in the face, and he wasn't interested after that. And I don't know if that's going to be a, a, like a, something we can do. Because obviously, cause then he goes back home, he goes to Barcelona again, and he's, he's on play. Andrew David said to Hay to give him a, did give him a free goal. But, um, it's difficult because I've never seen someone hit so many corners so easily. He always tucks it into the, into the corner. He, he loves it in off the post. And that's really, really hard. But we, I mean, if we had any other keeper, I'd be, I'd be much more worried. His his first goal against United was, was a perfect example of why he's fucking terrifying because yeah. he just needs uh, to get half a yard of space. And that's he, what it was. That's all you, you need after Young to do that. Yeah. And it wasn't yeah. any, against anyone else. That's that's fine. We'll, we'll recover that. Yeah. But so, the, so someone will come across and shuttle it. The deliberate nature of that finish, as you say, and he can do that at higher low. He can, he can do it um, almost deliberately, almost use the post at times. He's, he's that accurate. Yeah, 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 yeah. He has a feel for it. Now, the second goal, like you say, was a complete joke. But this guy has, I think it's 36 goals this season. Um, he's flying. And, you know, it's not just him. We, we've obviously got the, the returning, uh, um, um, Suarez and, um, they, they have players all over the pitch. Coutinho has annoyingly started to look like he might be doing a few Coutinho things. Cam, your, your assessment of this, would you be in, 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 of a similar mind to, to Carl in terms of let's lock it down out there so that we don't um, we don't concede too many and we try to nick a goal ourselves because that would be incredibly important. Yeah, that that's absolutely got to be the game plan. Um, try and keep a clean sheet against Barcelona uh, at the Camp Nou is a is 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 a terrifying ask, but that has to be uh, objective number one. Objective number two has to be to try and get. An away goal, because we've seen in games where we've kept clean sheets at home, the difference it's made when we've gone away. The the pressure on the home team not to then concede is is massive, and the Bayern game is a prime example of that. 
Um, going back to Mr. Messi, he, he plays on the right and he likes to drift into, you know, as Carl says, you know, hit the corners, the opposite corner and he's, he's phenomenal at it. There's, there's no better player than him. But don't forget, um, we've got two pretty decent defenders on the left. Um, possibly, um, one of the top five left backs in the world and probably the best centre back in the world. And this is a game that they've got a relish. But just as importantly is the player that's going to be whoever plays on the left side of the midfield, he's going to have his work cut out as well. He's got to come back and he's got to Oh yeah, you're you're playing fullback. <laughs> it's as simple yeah. as that. It's, yeah. it's like it's like it's like when Chelsea came to Anfield in, in two thousand and fourteen where they, they brought Scherler on and played him as a second left back in front of Ashley Cole. And they were standing next to each other half the time. Yeah. And that's what you have to do. Well, 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 well ju- just, just again, to I think, uh, you know, I'd be very much respect this lot, but, you know, not too much because at the end of the day, I've, I've, I've never, it's a long time. It's a it's, been, it's decades since I've watched a team, um, with the, wearing the liver burden, the shirt who can do this kind of damage to opposition, who can be relied upon to be solid. That said, you just got to counterbalance it because there are other people who are going on uh, the far side of things in the roll in and uh, we're going to roll over these. And, you know, they, Ter Stegen in goal for them is, uh, is a class act. PK and Lenglet that they've got at, at, at center half, a solid, very solid partnership. Pick has won the lot. Jordi Alba is one of their most important players on the left hand side. Yeah, sides. I think I think he is. I really do think he is. And, and Sergio Roberto, the far side, is a solid footballer too. Now the midfield area of Rakitic and Busquets and Arthur, that's I mean, <laughs> that's that's a fucking unit, you know. And then and then you think, okay, well <laughs> they've just got uh, they've just got Messi uh, and Suarez oh, and Coutinho. Oh shit! Uh, it's an awesome, awesome um, uh, squad that they have. They've got Dembele to call on there instead. Arturo Vidal, who's like, I just saw something today there. that He's won basically the championship in each of the last 10 seasons or something. It's been 11, is it? Right yeah, there you go. Yeah, Chile and then... You know, and, and, and Vidal, who is such a central figure to so many great teams, he's just a bit part player now for them. Um, they've got Malcolm and TT in their, on their bench there as well. Look, it's a, it's, it's a, the thing about this is if Liverpool are going to go past these, they're going to go past them doing Liverpool things, which is now part of Liverpool things is locking it down, uh, being resilient defensively and then using the, ridiculous skills that we have in the forward line and we, we saw against Bayern Munich how that works when Sadio Mane does what Sadio Mane does and it's a plan it's a game plan that we can work to uh, obviously I think these will be a little bit more threatening but still at the same time it's a game plan and I mean I, I suppose I, I the question I want to come at now is we know what, what way the league is panning out and and I suppose a lot of the hope is drifting away from a lot of fellas and, 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 and girls and understandably so because City just seem to be relentless and they've got fuck all to worry about now because they are not in the Champions League because, you know, they're just not the Reds. Uh, and they have only their league games to worry about. And you do sort of look ahead and you think after oh, this. The most likely scenario was that w- we would win our games and they win their games and they win by narrow margins. And you said it last week, Cam, you know, you'd doff a cap, whatever. That's probably the most likely scenario, but I'm thinking now in terms of managing the squad, 
does that come into it now for you at all, Cam, in terms of managing the squad? Because, I mean, has has the weekend, the, the fact now that there's only, you know, the great narrative of Brendan Rodgers uh, doing us a favour. And I saw, I saw, by the way, I saw Gary Neville saying something which I thought was oddly insightful for him. He was saying, like, Rodgers is going to want to measure himself against Pep Guardiola because, you know, that's the way he thinks. And I thought it was a good insight into the ego, ego, egotism of him and that he's going to try and, you know, outthink him and he's going to try and set up and, and, and out-strategize him. And, of course, they seem to have gotten their best performance of the season out of the way there in the last game, which is bloody annoying. Um, I mean... Do you see a situation where there's any sort of management or or management of expectations? Is is Jurgen now leaning a little bit more towards, well, at least we're still in the Champions League with a chance to win this fucker and we're still in the league with a chance to win it, but it's 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 the each week that chance is diminishing. Do you think that has any bearing on his thoughts at all? No. I agree. He he, he will be going all out still for both trophies. For everything. Yes. Yeah. And why wouldn't he be? Exactly. Is, is the league over? No. Is the Champions League over? European Cup? No. We still have a, as good a chance as any other team to win both those trophies. We still have as good a chance as Man City of winning the Premier League. You don't know what's going to happen to Man City on Sunday or Monday night um, when they're playing Leicester City. Nobody knows. Where's your, where's your astrologers? Where are they? <laughs> what are they saying? Tell me, what are they saying? Um, let me just look this up. Thank you. Jürgen Klopp, birthday. <laughs> <laughs> no, no, no. Brendan Rogers' birthday. So, uh, um, but we don't know. We, and, until we can't win one, you, you've got to concentrate on both. Yeah. And he will play his best 11 on, that he feels will get the job done on Wednesday. And there, there may be some shock inclusion in that team on Wednesday. Don't lose your shit, people. Trust this, me, just yeah. do not lose your shit. Yeah? Yeah. Because I'd rather play Barcelona that. in two games, over two games, than yeah. in a final. Yeah, I'm braced for that as well. I'm braced yeah. for the, the appearance. Yeah, there's, something's going to happen on Wednesday. I don't know why. I just feel it in my water. Because yeah. that's all I'm drinking right now. So, um, <laughs> so, um, I, I got a feeling, yeah, just we, we've got to keep going for both. You know, even if, even if Man City win on, on Monday and we win on Saturday, you still don't know what's going to happen against Brighton. You just don't know what's going to happen with Man City against Brighton. And we don't know what's going to happen when we play Wolves. We've no idea. We might lose the next two games. We lose the next two games. Now, I just want to say one thing on, while it's in my mind, about where we're at and why we're at there. And everybody's, I've seen a lot of stuff on Twitter about, oh, it's, um, it's because we didn't beat West Ham away and we, and we didn't beat Leicester at home. And it's because of this decision and that decision. No, it's not. It's not people. Yeah. The, the reason we're not two points ahead or one point ahead level on a level field is, because of our results against Man City. They took four points off us. We only took one. And that's the difference. Because there's no way you can physically, no team will ever do it in my lifetime, I don't think, anyway. And that's when 
that is win 38 games. You're going to lose games. You're going to draw games. But those two results are the difference between the team. I thought you were going to come out and, and, and save us all with some philosophical way of looking at the world. But instead, you've just said, you see you people who've said it's this game. You're wrong. It's this game. <laughs> <laughs> you can't, I, I, at the end of the day, we're all pinning our hopes right but, now on Leicester beating Man City. Yeah, but dude, it's, 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 it's no matter what way you look at it, these conversations are inherently divisive because people, people want to say, but it's, that, it's, but it's up to us to do our business. It's up that's, to a Liverpool football club to do their business that's, that's, against their and rivals. And that's what Klopp's saying. Yeah. And, and that's saying. the only way you can look at it. If 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 I still think that game at Anfield against Man City, we weren't brave enough that game. We played, it almost felt like we were playing for a draw. And we nearly lost it. Stop. I still blame myself for not, that being the only game I haven't seen. The draw? No, 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 no. You're t- you you didn't see the uh, the Etihad game, did you? No, I didn't see the Etihad game. No. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Can't be yeah. Anfield. Yeah, I mean oh. the Anfield game when oh, we drew okay. we drew no no Mares put the penalty over the bar. So that game, but, we yeah, hardly but, attacked. We did. It was such a, Cam, a you, weird you, game that day. Cam, Cam, Cam. Your own analysis there falls down around its its its, its own arse because you've just talked about a game in which. A penalty is skied in the last minute. So all the chat about we should have done this, that, or the no, other no, no, would have no, gone right, out the no, window. No, no, no. But the point was that was literally last minute, that penalty. The yeah. whole game, we we didn't play the football we've been playing all season. That game, it was almost like we were playing for the draw. You, you, you could didn't say, want to lose. You could say that in several matches that we've, we, we, we haven't played our, our, uh, to our best. But we That's don't different. get, but we don't get beaten. We don't get don't beaten. Get beaten. No, but this game is the game you need to lay down a marker. It, you're, you're at Anfield, and it's against your biggest rival in the season. You've I have to say, it. I have to say, I didn't give a shit about that because over the course of the season, I thought, look, we we, we have been under Klopp, emerging and emerging and emerging. And last season, the season before, to a certain extent, we were, you know, top of the big six league. We were beating all the big teams, but we still were challenged. That was, only, still, that was actually only in his first season. We were top. Of, last season, we were. Well, last last season we were still capable of getting results against people like City. We were the only ones who could beat people like City. And 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 my point is that's only good for so much. It's what you do over the course of the entire campaign. And it's I, all about thirty eight games. Yeah, I honestly, I, I I I just find the whole thing a bit divisive. We are still in with a chance of this at this stage. And I, I honestly, again, Carl, I know where you stand on this. I am. Um, there's no. There's not going to be any concession talk in this show until it's over. I can't be dealing with that kind of stuff. There's a huge possibility that um, a game of football may go our way, and there's a huge possibility as well, Carl, that we may fail to do the business against Newcastle, and then it's all redundant. All this shit talk about yeah. who's going to do us favors, you know? That's what I mean. That's what Klopp was saying the other day too. He said, you know, even with a chance of the league, he said, to be honest, I want 97 points. Yeah, that's all. That's all I want. I would have to win the next two games. Yeah, and and that that's a huge thing, really. Um, and if City win the league, fair enough. Yeah, um, yeah. If you're asking me, do I have any faith in Brendan Rodgers getting a result? Less so. 
I am asking you that. You, the, I mean, you saw the splendid um, um, uh, showing the other evening, uh, granted against 10 men, I believe, um, against Arsenal. Um, it really felt to me like, you know, narratively speaking, it felt like they'd blown their load against that lot. And I do like that interpretation. It annoys me because it's probably right that Rodgers, knowing what an egoist he is, probably will try to pose and preen and uh, appear tactically um, astute against against Gordiola. That's likely, isn't it? He tried it against um, Rafa, didn't he? Yeah, yeah. How did that go? Absolutely schooled him. Yeah. He, re- he really did. I, thought, I mean, to be honest, if Brendan Rodgers appears on my screen at, on late on Monday night, rolling his shoulders, talking about it all being part of the dance, then fair enough. I, I have less faith in that. But I've got ultimate faith in Liverpool. And that's exactly it. And that's exactly it. And that's probably that's probably as good a, a, a spot for us to end the football chat unless oh, there's no, anything no, I've got specific. One, I've got one question on football. I have got one question. So have I, I've got one more thing to say on football. Yeah, yeah. Um, well, it probably leads into what you're going to say. Very um, unlikely. Oh, no, 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 I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. Um, okay. How did uh, Real Madrid get on? Oh, come. I adore you, man. Well, let's talk about the history of this, shall we? I feel like uh, Gab Marcotti on the Times when they ask him the European question at the end. Um, so, Real Madrid, the most richest club in the world, um, not for full of um, Galacticos, etc. They played against Real Vallecano uh, from the same city uh, in the area of, um, of uh, Vallecas. Um, very, very poor club compared to them. Very, very left-wing club. Um, and there was absolutely no competition. Real Vallecano won, Real Madrid nil. Up, up the Bocaneros. You love all that, don't you? I absolutely love Real Vallecano. Yeah. I've got yeah. a shirt. I've got two shirts, actually. I have to say, I'm very impressed with the, the, uh, the, the, the wingman work of Branch there. Very good. Yeah, that's lovely. That's good wingman work. Uh, to be to be honest, listen, I never considered myself anybody's wingman. I'm the star here, baby. You're, you're so, certainly not the young podcaster of the year, are you? Fucking no way. How <laughs> <laughs> old are you this week, right? I've I've given out my age on the on the national airways. Yeah, we did. Yeah, I know, we know. I've got to I've got to stick with it. I can't fuck about. I can't. Fuck you didn't about. say that, did you? I yeah, didn't I did. say. I told you. I told. I told you. And I know Carl, you told me. Yeah, yeah. But yeah. you didn't. I didn't. I didn't think you actually said it. I, you just no, said I the date. No, I didn't. I didn't say the year on air. You're yeah. right. I, didn't, I just said yeah. the date. No. Yeah, yeah. Because it's, it's so, too much of a movable feast. We can't. We can't blow the mystery at this stage. Uh, I mean, I, I do. I do. I do want to wrap it up because we're coming close to the hour, and I want to kind of keep it tight to the hour because we're going to be doing plenty of these over the summer. But there is one thing uh, that's very. Can, can I, so before you do that, because just literally in case I forget, can I tell you to say one thing as well uh, about this? Is about something that that, that I found today. Okay. You know, a couple of weeks ago we were talking about Queen, and I was going, oh, "I'm not a fan of Queen," and it's fair enough for people like them. I just don't see it at all. Yeah, I discovered today I had Spotify um, like a shuffle thing on someone else's playlist. Yeah, and what should come up but the theme tune to this very show? So I thought, oh, I don't know who wrote this. It's "Tie Your Mother Down" by Queen. Yeah, I know, dude. Yeah, I mean, like we should. Yeah, we should have mentioned that. It occurred to me after the show was over. It was like we didn't even acknowledge the Queen or fucking theme tune. Bloody theme tune for God's sake! What's going on here? I know, man. I know. The Ramones mean nothing to you. 
Yeah, we did. We I I, I couldn't believe what a, what a, an open goal that was that we'd left. But um, anyway, we will we will have that. Actually, speaking of, of music, I was pricking around in Spotify for about half an hour again ahead of this show because I was looking at it and it's show two, three, four, and all I had in my head was two, three, four, and then this kind of. Uh, this uh, intro that kicks in and it was a song and I could you know a song Roadrunner and I couldn't think who is that and it was Jonathan Richman and I found it eventually and the model and the model of us here and here you go with what they call the Mandela effect when I got round to it pure Mandela effect it isn't two three four it's one two three four five six seven and then Roadrunner Roadrunner and I'm like I've I've completely remember that wrong it's incredible isn't it? Isn't isn't instant car instant karma by John Lennon two three four? It could be set obviously there's loads of them, but I thought that two, three, four, the emphasis on that was the start of that Jonathan Richmond song. And I I was I was very, very disappointed to realise that the Mandela effect is real. Anyway, I want to get a, a Netflix recommendation from everyone. I am going because I can't wait now. Uh, and immediately, immediately this is over. I actually have the night to myself, which is so rare these days. And I've got a Robert Johnson documentary on Netflix lined up, and I cannot wait. It's going to focus on the deal with the devil and all that stuff. Hopefully, it's going to be very good. So I'm looking forward to that. I will report back on it. In terms of watching something that I have seen lately, I've got nothing to offer, lads, because I don't get to see TV these days. Um, do either of you have any? Um, I know, Carl, we wanted to talk, didn't we, about Fleabag? If you so much so. Yeah, yeah. Go, 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 give a synopsis there so that people can get into that if they haven't seen it already. So Fleabag is uh, created by Phoebe Waller-Bridge, who's a genius, literally a genius. And she, um, it's basically, it, it sounds quite trite if you sort of break it down to what it is. It's about um, a woman who um, has major, major personality problems. Not major personality, she's an awkward woman. Very funny, very witty, very dark. Um, she's got a sister and, uh, and her dad's played by Bill Patterson and it stems from mostly that their their mother died of breast cancer, and she can't quite come to terms with it. And the stepmother's Olivia Coleman, who's evilly brilliant, brilliantly evil even. Um, and there's a little bit of Miranda in it, sort of like the, the, you know, she talks to the camera occasionally. That's less so in the second series, but the last episode is absolutely heartbreaking. It's so well done. Is it BBC, Carl? Uh, it was BBC Three, yeah. Was it? It's just uh, it's on Netflix. Not oh, it is, it's, uh, no, sorry, it's on iPlayer. Oh, iPlayer. Okay, right, 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 right. See, iPlayer is, is unfortunately for us non-UK uh, residents uh, not a thing that we can access, which is a pain in the arse. And I, I did really want to see that, but then when I saw it was on BBC, I thought that's no chance until until I actually uh, get it by some um, potentially dubious means. I mean, like, it's a, that's a high recommendation of yours. Is there anything else you I, want to I, I, I absolutely adore it, honestly. It's just fantastic. The casting's so good. She's very good. And um, the writing's amazing. She, oh, well, one thing I should say is basically her mate um, dies in it. She runs a cafe and her mate dies and she blames herself for it. So right. that's why she does it. That's why she... Um, it's very risky. The opening joke is, uh, shall we say, biological. Right. Okay. Okay. So maybe not not for the faint-hearted, but well worth a watch. It's hilarious. It's really good. And the reason I want to say one thing about this though, um, I read a review of it in the Guardian. I mean, someone had said, "Oh yeah, it's funny," but let's face it, it's just about a posh woman. I was appalled at that attitude because Phoebe Waller-Bridge is quite a well-to-do woman. If she wrote the royal family, it's going to be patronising as hell. So you can't win. And it's not about you know if it's about posh women or anything like that. 
It's about, is it funny? That's all that matters. Yeah. Is it, is it good writing? Is it funny? Um, you can take your class shit and show it the good, up here. The good life is funny. Yeah. The, and, and, the, I, and, I, and they're, they're not my people. I was speaking about the good life to someone recently, and Cam, you'll you'll remember that being a fella who was born in the forties. Um, you'll have been you'll have been familiar with that as well. And very much, yeah. It should not have been something that I watched. Being an Irish country boy from a classless society with a little bit of a republican sort of a, 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 a scent in the air all my youth. I should have not liked that. And yeah, it was relentlessly on the TV and I enjoyed it to watch, watching these little, uh, um, you know, uh, domestic, um, tiffs and, 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 and awkward middle class goings on. For some reason, it was perfectly good because it was well written. That's what it comes down to. It's That's funny. Yeah. And oh, other yeah. than that, I'd, I'd say Miami Show Band. Won't go into that too much, but that's a fantastic program. It's, it's incredible. I did not see that coming. I thought it was going to be a little bit of a letdown. That was remarkable. That was the one I was going to say that is the only thing I've seen recently that I thought, wow. And yeah, he's on Gabe's, Twitter, isn't he? The lad's on Twitter, and he, he just replied to you if you ask yeah, questions. Get yourself a watch of that. Yeah, he, he's, he's an incredible dude, I have to say. I was very impressed with him. Um, oh, that Miami show band? Yeah, the Miami yeah. show band. You, you, it, it, it's, it's, it's a real insight into the uh, Northern Ireland troubles and all that kind of stuff. It's remarkable. Okay. Uh, Cam, last word goes to you then um, in terms of, of a recommendation. Um, I've just uh, restarted Brooklyn Nine-Nine again because it's just brilliant. Um, so I'm not watching any, anything else on Netflix at the moment. Um, I did start watching OA Season 2. Yeah. And, and I can't get into it. I yeah, just, I was, I just I was, can't, you know, it just doesn't work for me. I don't know why. So, um, which is upset me in a way because I did really enjoy season one and, and I actually started re-watching season one and this is going to sound mad now because I enjoyed it so much the first time I actually found it quite boring the second time around so yeah. I, I yeah. think maybe I've just worn myself out um, so that's what I'm doing on Netflix at the moment um, but I, because of all this end game talk I thought okay let's give all this Marvel stuff a bash so I watched Iron Man the other day. Go on then. I can see why kids are into it. Oh, scathing! Scathing! Oh wow! Uh, and, away, um, but but at the end of the day, um, there is a story in there. Um, but it is for me. It felt a little bit not not like you know six or seven year olds, but more you know. 11, 12, 13 year olds, it was sort of more, I don't know, maybe not even that old, but I don't, I just, it did just feel a little bit, you know, it, but it is comics, isn't it? And it is a little bit far fetched. Ah, uh, so. dude, no, no, my top, my top and worth on this for what it's worth is Iron Man would be my, my superhero because I, I, I bought those comics when I was a kid along with, it did my post Roy of the Rovers era. That's what I was buying. I was buying Marvel, some Marvel comics. I bought a series of Spider Man and a series of Iron Man and those things imprint on you. And then adults, um, come to them later on and Marvel do a fine job in those things I have entirely got an exhaustion with the whole um, um, uh, spandex clad um, what Mark Kermode calls weightless violence um, of things just blowing up and incredible CGI left right and centre I, I, I did get completely burnt out in it but you go back to something like Iron Man like you say there is a, a story there there's a, a proper actor doing a proper job yeah yeah, I I like that, and there are a few gems all the way through it, so I wouldn't have it dismissed totally as. Uh, no, no, you know. no, I'm not dismissing it totally. I mean, I'm trying to 
watch something that I have no real interest in. Yeah. I'm trying to get what the hype is about. So yeah, I've got to watch. I've got to watch it to understand it. You're, you're going to be a hard sell there, man, and it's going to yeah. get a hard, it's going to be a harder sell as it goes because I mean, if you're struggling with that one, I think an awful lot of them are going to leave you a bit cold. But it's interesting. I've seen I have seen a few of them, you know, yeah. here or there, and, um, and but the, none of them have really grabbed me. I'll be honest yeah. with you, but you know, I'll, I'll give it a bash. You know, I'm open. Did you want to finish with a quote before I go back to Carl for his outro? Yeah, sure. Yeah, mine's just a one sentence. Hope fills the holes of my frustration in my heart. Well, that's lovely. Who's that? Emmanuel Cleaver. Of course it is. Why didn't we know that? Uh, lovely. Uh, Carl, that final thought for me? I'd like to do a thank you, if that's okay. I'd like to thank everyone who ran for a charity this weekend at the London Marathon. I was there yesterday, and it was absolutely amazing. My mate Dom uh, ran in memory of my sister um, and raised £5,000. And it was a genuinely inspiring event to go to. Love it. Love it. Yeah, I saw I saw a few of your photos and uh yeah, of course that's 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 impressive. When people put themselves out there like that, that's a big ask and yeah, fair play. Um oh, by the way, you're all nuts you're all nuts by the way. <laughs> They're marathon runners. Yeah. Absolutely insane. <laughs> insane. Jesus Christ, twenty six miles. Yeah, insane people. Uh, it's it's when you think about it, it's it's such a mad thing to do. I I I've been training before at my in my Achilles tendon went and I was up up to running twenty two quite consistently and I was like yeah I'm going to do this. Um, somehow I think I might have gotten gotten the the the, uh, the easier route with uh, having a couple of months off. Anyway, fair play to all you marathon runners and fair play to the people who turn up to support that particular event. And on that note, we will finish this episode of the AIP with myself thanking you, our lovely listeners, for supporting us, asking you to do that again, asking you to spread the word, um, give us your recommendation in whatever form that may come. Don't worry about the podcast awards. We fucked that up, so there's no no need for you to feel any way guilty about uh, from the lads from myself up in Trev Danny until we speak to you again be kind to your fellow Reds and stay safe out there Podcast Network.